Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the midweek edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us today. We've got a great show. Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA, great friend of the Eagle Hour. He's going to be joining us here in just a moment. Don Teicher is the play-by-play voice for the UTEP Miners. We've got him on the show as well. Kelly will join us later in the hour, too. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We encourage you the next time you have a taste for barbecue, check out the guys at Dickie's. You can enjoy the great food in-house. You can uh, drive through the window, take it home. They'll even deliver it to you right to your front door. But uh, whatever you choose, be sure it's Dickie's Barbecue. All right, want to get right to it. Russ Anderson, uh, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA on the Eagle Hour. Russ, uh, always appreciate your time, my friend. Always good to be with you. All right, Russ, lots of questions for you today. Uh, you tell me there is maybe some truth to this talk about uh, the conference maybe looking at pushing the conference championship game back from its original scheduled date to allow some time uh, for makeup games, for example, like the FAU Southern Miss game that was lost this weekend. What can you tell our listeners about that? I can tell you that not only is there truth to that rumor, but I'll give you an exclusive that there's going to be an announcement made on that later this afternoon. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, it's something that we, we are going to need to do. You know, we've, um, we've had three conference games uh, postponed right now, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, we know there will be more um, that will, will come uh, over the next uh, several weeks. So we will, um, you know, need to utilize some extra time to try and uh, reschedule those postponed games. Uh, we may not know um, dates for a little bit yet because, really, we need to let it play out a few more weeks and see what games need to um, end up being added to uh, a December schedule. Yeah, what kind of window would you have, Russ? I mean, it could conceivably it be pushed back two, even three weeks if needed? Um, it could. It, uh, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be two weeks. Okay. So we'll have two additional weeks the weekend of December 5th, the weekend of December 12th, to um, to reschedule some some games. Because um, we're, you know, like I said, unfortunately, we know we're going to need those. Um, and then, you know, it may be a matter of, um, you know, some may, there may also be some non-conference games. If a school has played all their conference games, but maybe they had a non-conference and their opponent's available, that might get added in there too. So it's really... You know, still kind of up in the air as we speak here on October 14th. All right. Well, that's great. We appreciate you breaking that here on the Eagle Hour. Uh, great news, too, for obviously Southern Miss wants to play Florida Atlantic. But boy, Florida Atlantic, how do you not feel sorry for those guys, Russ? They've just been hit week in and week out, haven't they? They really have. It's been it's been rough with, uh, you know, one, one was their – well, actually, two. One was their opponent – and then, you know, the other two have been within their own program with the cases. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. With, with uh, It doesn't take a whole lot. 
sometimes. You know, if it's a, like if it's an entire position group or something that that gets affected. You know, like if you don't have any offensive linemen, you can't go out there and play. So um, it's you know, that's the unfortunate thing. It can you know, spread pretty quickly, and then sometimes if you're doing some of this out of you know an abundance of caution, you know they may not. Um, they, you know, certainly they're not symptomatic. Um, or maybe even been tested, but with the contact tracing part of this, um, that's where you really have to, uh, you know, take caution and make sure that uh, that everyone is okay. Right. All right. Well, great. That, that's great that we break that here. Uh, Luke, jump in here with Russ Anderson. Russ uh, talked about this off air, but our listeners uh, would would love to to know this also. You know, when when a game like FAU and Southern Miss doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen really at the last moment. FAU tested on Thursday and Thursday night had to cancel the game. How much is the league office involved in that, and kind of what does that process look like? Does FAU or the team that's affected, do they contact not only Southern Miss but the league office? How does all that work? Yeah, we've in all the cases of, all, of games that have been postponed, um, we've been in regular contact with, you know, the universities in regular contact with, uh, with our commissioner and other members of our staff, so – um, you know, for the most part, we we know okay there might be a possibility. There have been a couple times in, in out of the the games we've had canceled where it did kind of come as a big surprise. Where you know maybe in the late in the their third testing, um, you know something popped up, and I think that was really kind of the uh, some of the case with Florida Atlantic in their game at Southern Miss, where you know the, the teams test three times a week, and you know you may be fine the first couple times, and then all of a sudden. On your last one, which comes on the day before you travel, uh, there may you may have had uh, some positive cases. So, but we are in regular contact with them uh, all, all the time, really. Looking forward to this week. Southern Miss goes on the road to UTEP, and it's a game um, that was going to be a stream game, and then gets bumped up to ESPN2. We've seen this happen. The Conference USA fans been able to watch uh, a lot of games, uh, you know, go to a, uh, a mainline cable channel. I know the conference office excited uh, to get more teams on national broadcast. That's something that has been a, a really pleasant uh, development this fall. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think we're, we're somewhere around 10 games or so that have been upgraded from stream to either ESPN2 or, or ESPNU, and actually and one that got moved up to CBS. So, uh, um, so CBS one was actually CBS Sports Network to network CBS on that one. But point being, it's been a, a tremendous boost of exposure um, for all of our programs to have all those games on linear uh, television that uh, originally we didn't think were going to be there. Right. I read this morning where the uh, UAB Southern Miss game has uh, now been time changed and moved to the CBS Sports Network. So uh, a lot of that going on. All right, Russ, I want to get as much as we can in with you while we have you here for a segment. Also, some scheduling taking place, some changes in basketball. And while I understand that's not the sport that you oversee, two to one scheduling means if Southern Miss goes to Ruston to play Louisiana Tech, they would play on Thursday, stick around, and play on Saturday. Is, is that an absolute as well? Um, it, it has not been oh, like 100% officially approved yet. That is the direction, though, that it is going, and that is obviously a uh, another COVID-related uh, thing that we're doing. Because if you're if you go and you uh, 
you play two games at Louisiana Tech instead of, well, that's, that's not a good example. Let's go with the UTEP-UTSA example. You know, you normally go to UTEP on Thursday, then you go to UTSA on Saturday. Well, and then now you're adding more commercial flights, um, running the risk of exposure. Um, there's questions about when, when you do the testing and, and how you do the testing, you know, like that on the road. Um, so it's going to be easier to just go to a place, play them twice, and then, you know, um, it'll balance out. Everyone will end up with the same number of conference home games, conference away games. Sure, it's going to be a little different to go to a place and play two days, two games in three days, um, but it's something I think that uh, our athletic directors and, our, and uh, our medical personnel people that we discussed with uh, discuss this with, feel like this is the way to reduce the number of games that potentially could be postponed. Fair to say there's just never been a more challenging year. Is that an understatement? It is kind of an understatement. (laughs) It's it's, it's all things that we haven't um, ever had to deal with, really. Um, But, you know, I I think, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. You know, there haven't been surprises in terms of you know, we knew there were going to be some bumps in the road because this is this is such a challenging thing for our entire country to deal with. Right, right. All right, so I want to recap uh, the championship game. Football going to be moved back two weeks. That's going to give some cushion for schools to uh, make up lost games. And that's great news, Russ, because nobody, nobody wants to see, for example, nobody down here wanted to see the FAU game canceled. I mean, they want to play Florida Atlantic and uh, – Lord, you know that the guys at Florida Atlantic want to play. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. These, these kids really want to play. I mean, they're, they're still putting in all the work in the weight room and all that other stuff, and, and uh, they want to be able to get out there and play the games, and we want to be able to watch them. Right. You got anything else, Luke? 30 seconds left with Russ. We just wanted to uh, put the conference office on notice that with uh, all the eligibility with baseball, Russ, just let everybody up there know that Southern Miss is just going to – y'all can just go ahead and ship the, the – Ship it the on title. down now, Russ. Yeah, ship the Ship it on Hattiesburg. We got a lot now. coming back. We talked to Coach Barry on Monday. We ready to go. So just put the conference office on notice, please. Yeah, we – I wouldn't expect you guys to think anything but that. There we go. We can say we're humble baseball fans down here, Rush. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you very much, man. You're always really open to coming on the show. We know you have a lot on your plate, especially now. And uh, we're very grateful to you for uh, your cooperation, and we always enjoy our conversations with you. Always enjoy being with you guys. All right, Russ. Thanks. Russ Anderson, everybody, Associate Commissioner of Conference U.S. That's right. Just cut the drama out. Just put the trophy in the mail, Luke, and send it on down here. We'll take good care of it until the end of the season, right? We will. Yeah. Just just pre-award it to us. <laughs> just pre-award it. <laughs> All right. Uh, UTEP up next for the Golden Eagles. John Teicher is the play-by-play voice of the Miners. We're going to talk to him next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Russ Anderson, and I want to repeat the breaking news that uh, Russ just unveiled on the Eagle Hour, and that is it's official now. The conference championship football game being 
pushed back two weeks to allow two weeks for makeup football. That means uh, the Florida Atlantic Southern Miss game undoubtedly will be played. And uh, some of the other games that uh, have maybe been lost already could be lost between now and the end of the season. It's going to be two weeks of makeups. Conference USA Championship football game two weeks later than originally scheduled. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. That's where you find your best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net or you can shop in the store and put your hands on it before you buy it. You can do that Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street right across from the campus. All right, UTEP up on the schedule. A vastly improved uh, UTEP minor football team under uh, head football coach Dana Dimmel. John Teicher is the longtime play-by-play voice of the Miners. And, John, this has uh, got to be pretty exciting times out there in El Paso. Your defensive team looks very good. And uh, at least from my humble opinion, right now UTEP the most improved team in Conference USA. You must be enjoying this uh, start so far. Well, Bob, Luke, uh, it's good to be with you. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd say so. I, You know, only half-kiddingly. I, uh, I say quite often to, to people that I know that I've described more bad football than probably one uh, <laughs> in America. So when uh, the Miners get off to a three and one start and very easily could have been uh, four and one, it's uh, it's certainly a lot more fun uh, heading in, in this direction. And uh, and UTEP is a much much improved football team, and much of it, guys, has been uh, on the defensive side of things. Yeah, no question about that. I watched a game uh, Saturday night that could have easily beaten Louisiana Tech and gave Tech fits all night. What's been, what's been the key to the uh, to the vast improvement? Do you think? Well, they brought in a couple of junior college transfers in the interior. Their defensive front, um, Keenan Stewart, uh, is one of them, and uh, and Kelton Moss is the other. Stewart, ironically, has uh, uh, four of his uh, Iowa Western Community College teammates playing for the Golden Eagles, so it'll be a a big reunion when the two teams uh, take the field on uh, Saturday. Those two have been tremendous difference makers, and right beside them, uh, praise Amahule, who had three and a half sacks and four pass deflections uh, last week, has, uh, has really come on in his sophomore year, so Miners uh, are tremendously up, uh, improved up front uh, defensively. And as you guys know, if you're strong on the front uh, defensively, you got a chance to have a pretty good defensive unit. Right. Luke? John, thanks so much for, for coming on. Always uh, like talking to you. Southern Miss making the long trip out. On the offensive uh, point for the, the Miners, I know they're, uh, you guys excited about Deion Hankins. There's been a few different uh, guys play the quarterback position. You had to bring a few guys in last week. What's the injury standpoint at quarterback? And talk a little more about Deion Hankins, please. Well, G- Gavin Hardison's the guy. I mean, he's the guy. He started all five games uh, thus far. Had not started a game, played in only two games uh, in his first season at uh, UTEP uh, last year, but he's a strong-armed guy that uh, UTEP thinks is going to be the long-term uh, answer at uh, quarterback. There's not a throw that he can't make. He's he certainly had uh, uh, his share of, of growing pains in his first uh, full collegiate season uh, thus far, but uh, he's very capable of of holding down down that position very successfully in the in the long term. As far as Hankins is concerned, another local kid. Uh, made good uh, following in the footsteps of uh, Aaron Jones, who, of course, has gone on to do some nice things uh, with the uh, the Green Bay Packers, who is also a uh, local kid. Uh, Dion's a little bit different type of runner, though. He's a, a bigger kid, a more powerful kid, 
than uh, than perhaps uh, Aaron was, but uh, uh, he's done uh, very very nicely as well in his first uh, full season as a minor uh, thus far this year. Coach Demmel, when when people looked at you know the first couple years, you said there it's impossible for UTEP. Uh, to, to not win games just because of his longtime uh, relationship and, and his work at Kansas State under Coach Schneider and the great success they had. And you always hear the cliche, the third year is, is the, the year you improve the most. I guess Coach Dimble's just been preaching the same thing, and, and you're seeing a lot of that spill over into year three. Well, and it, you know, obviously he had to get uh, he had to get the talent. And he's done some of that, and I think he and his staff have done a great job of developing uh, perhaps some kids that weren't as highly uh, thought of necessarily as well. So, uh, again, talent, depth, uh, development, uh, all of that uh, plays into it. And uh, I don't know that anyone expected uh, what they've seen uh, thus far this season, but uh, certainly the minors appear to be in it for the long haul. And it kind of reminds me of, of what we saw Todd Munkin do here. You know, he comes in here 0-12, uh, the year before, he doesn't win but one game uh, his first year here, but steadily improves the football team. That's what we're seeing uh, with your head coach, and that must uh, generate some excitement amongst your fan base. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I you know, again, it's a shame with uh, with COVID, uh, everyone's having to hold down its uh, its attendance numbers, and UTEP is working at an eighteen with a figure of eighteen percent capacity in the fifty one thousand seat Sun Bowl. So. Uh, even if they wanted to, uh, they can only sell about 8,600 uh, seats uh, for its home games uh, this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, with with the state of college football as well, the Miners have had some uh, national television appearances uh, this year on on the ESPN uh, networks, uh, ESPN2 in particular. I think this is, what, the third straight game uh, this week. The Miners will have been on ESPN2. So, uh, that certainly has has created a, a sense of excitement as well. Uh, in addition to the miners' uh, uh, nice start on the field, uh, three wins uh, being one more than in the three years uh, combined previous to this one. So uh, yeah. you can understand how the locals uh, would be excited by what they're seeing. Oh, sure. From from Coach Dimmel's standpoint, what do the miners have to do to to win their fourth game of the year? Well, I I think they've got to run the ball a little more effectively and a little more consistently. I, I think their inability to run it uh, against Louisiana Tech and Coach Dimmel admitted that they probably weren't as patient uh, in in uh, in their play calling, and he is the play caller uh, for the Miners uh, against uh, Louisiana Tech may have had something to do with their uh, four point loss. So I think they've they, they've just got to be uh, more patient in their approach. I think they have to be. Uh, uh, more consistent in their ability to to, to run the football and, and continue to play uh, solid uh, defense, limiting uh, what opposing teams are able to do with their running game and uh, and get into the passer as well. They they had only uh, 12 sacks of the quarterback all of last year. They've had 10 through the wow. first uh, <laughs> wow. uh, this year. Yeah. So, you know, again, when you can create some havoc in that backfield and dictate to the other team what you want them to do, You've got a much better chance of uh, of enjoying some success. And I know you, I know that Coach Dimmel's coached at Houston and Wyoming and K State, so he's familiar with that area of the country, and I guess somewhat where he is now. That's probably been an advantage for him to, from a recruiting standpoint. Is that fair to say? 
Oh, no question about it. Recruiting in, in Texas is something that uh, he's done uh, quite a bit of in uh, in his past. Uh, even when he was an assistant uh, for many, many years at, uh, at Kansas State, uh, he spent a lot of time recruiting the state of Texas. So uh, obviously uh, the, the ability to do that elsewhere has certainly helped his, uh, his efforts here at UTEP. Right. Luke? Yeah, I think going into going back to the game, uh, John. I think uh, what we were list, listening to Matt Kubik, Scotty Walden talking the press conference this week. I think offensively, Southern Miss will probably have Tim Jones back in this game, and I think uh, UTEP's just going to drop seven or eight and try to force the Golden Eagles to run the football, which they really hadn't done before. North Texas is that kind of what you're hearing about the defensive uh, game plan for UTEP going into the game? Well, I think that's a reasonable expectation. I, I think the Miners have great uh, respect for what uh, Southern Miss capabilities are with a veteran uh, offensive line, a, a veteran uh, quarterback, an accomplished quarterback in, in Jack Abraham, and they know they're going to have their work uh, cut out for them. So uh, that minor defense, which has enjoyed some success, uh, they expect uh, is going to face a, a stiff challenge on Saturday. Yeah. John, uh, we we said coming into this interview, you're the longtime voice, and we want to commend you 40 years uh, of, of calling UTEP uh, football and basketball. Take you back to December 23rd, 1988. How many different pronunciations of Brett's last name did you have to do till you got it right in that Independence Bowl? Well, it doesn't seem so difficult now, does it? But uh, back at that time, you know, having really not heard of the kid before we, uh, we got to uh, – the preparation for the game in uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana, we I can remember struggling with it uh, with it greatly. And uh, who who uh, who knew that uh, he would go on and, and do the things that uh, that he was able to do? But uh, I do remember it was an absolutely miserable, rainy, windy, cold evening. They had us. Uh, our broadcast location was actually on the top of the press box. We had a, a tent, which really didn't do us a whole lot of good. So it was. Uh, it was certainly a memorable evening. It was a pretty good football game. Uh, it was actually uh, James Henry, a Golden Eagles wide receiver, who had a couple of long punt returns that uh, that decided that uh, that football game. But uh, you know, again, I remember it as if it was yesterday, and I remember as well. You know, the Miners flew home immediately following the game, and the very next day, and it was a ten o'clock start, it was the Sun Bowl game, and I remember having to call that game as well. I, I'm not sure I could pull that off uh, uh, today, but uh, that's something that they uh, they asked us to, to do uh, back then. Well, congratulations on your great tenure there. We always enjoy having you on our radio show, and uh, and good luck to you and your minors the rest of the year, John. Bob Luke, uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Look forward to the Golden Eagles on Saturday. All right, John Teicher, everybody, the play-by-play voice of the UTEP Miners, a high-class guy. Glad to have him on the show. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, great talking to John Teicher, the voice of the UTEP Miners. Southern Miss takes on the Miners out in El Paso, Texas in the Sun Bowl Saturday night at 6.30 Central on ESPN2. Of course, you can listen to John Cox and Lee Roberts on the Southern Miss IMG uh, Sports Network also. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, 4th Street Bar and Grill, 
proudly sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Slade White, our good friend, and his crew over there serving up the 895 lunch every single day. Lots of stuff to do over there. And uh, when the weekend rolls back around, uh, as it has, there'll be football on, MLB playoffs on right now. Uh, you can uh, go make it a night over there at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly John Sander joins us on the phone now, and we were we were reminiscing Kelly with uh, John Teicher about the uh, 1988 Independence Bowl. Was there ever ever a time in your life that maybe early on that you pronounced Brett Favre's last name wrongly? No, I never did, and, and there's a re- there's a real simple reason for that. I asked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it it really is amazing to me. You know, because I I will I will get asked to do public address work you know, now for different schools around the area. And I want a pronunciation guide. And lots of times, administrators, you know, now will not necessarily know what that is. You know, what's a pronunciation guide? Well, it's how do you pronounce these guys' names? There's nothing that disappoints a parent more right. than, to, than to hear their baby's name mispronounced. Right. I mean, it's not very often that their baby's name gets announced. And then it gets announced. Plus, it's just it's disrespectful. Yeah, Kelly, if tell you, the story real quickly about the uh, <laughs> about the WDMM anchor that you were working with one day that mispronounced the basketball player's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get me in trouble, Bob. Gay. Um, I was I was doing uh, the morning show at Channel Seven, and I was hosting it. And the person who was reading the news. Um, you know, knew, knew that I was a sports person, and and the news anchor was had to introduce this sports segment, and the anchor uh, said uh, in last night's NBA action, Denver's Kai Kai Vanderwegie scored fifty six <laughs> points in route to a win. Now we're going back a few years, so to bring you up to speed, there was a guy that played for the Denver Nuggets named Kiki Vanderway. <laughs> Not Kai Kai Vanderwedgie. And even though that's probably how he spelled it. But I told that news anchor, I said, you have completely ruined any credibility you have with the sports populace. And and the anchor said, well, I didn't know how to pronounce it. I said, all ask. you had to do was ask. Right. Something going to tell you. Anyway. Ask. Lots of things going on. You guys talked about USM and UAB. Uh, that game, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, has been moved from 2.30 to 11.30. That's to accommodate the CBS Sports Network, which will be televising, televising that game. Again, Southern Miss at UAB on November 27th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, now at 11.30 kickoff instead of 2.30. You can add LSU Florida's SEC tilt this weekend to the list of canceled games because of covid the Gators have had a big outbreak, and they have ceased all football operations uh, for now. So no LSU-Florida game this weekend. The New Orleans Saints have reached out to the city administrators in Baton Rouge, about asked about the possibility of playing some of the Saints' home games in Baton Rouge. As you know, there's a political fight in New Orleans because the mayor will not allow any fans at the Superdome, citing that because the dome is an enclosed facility and does not have a retractable roof, it makes it more dangerous for the spread of COVID. So the Saints say, okay, if that's going to be the way you play it, then we want to play our games elsewhere, at least for this season. So they're asking to play in Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, which, of course, is an open uh, stadium. And probably the, the, the neatest story, I think, coming out of college sports today is the report coming the night 
Commission survey of college administrators is reporting that 60% of the Power Five athletic directors polled said they would they would favor pulling away from the NCAA, at least on the football level. When they talked to some administrators of smaller schools, smaller NCAA ADs suggested adding another division in basketball, another tier to the basketball of playoffs, because there are more teams that play basketball than play football. And the other intriguing note for the smaller school athletic directors, they suggested a budget cap very similar to the salary caps in professional sports, that no college program, regardless of its ability to raise money, could use any more than X amount towards its operation of its athletic uh, facilities and budgets, therefore kind of evening the level field from a financial standpoint. So I thought that was really interesting whether something will happen along those lines. Uh, I don't know, but again, it's, this is another thing you can chalk up to COVID. These discussions wouldn't even be happening if uh, COVID wasn't having us look at several different things in the way we operate our lives, including college sports. I'm 100% in favor of the Power Five going their own way in football. The thoughts of you guys? Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And, and, one of, and, and one of the ways that you'd have to, if you're going to keep it together, uh, would be that budget the, the budget cap, but you know darn well that those schools will never go, never go for that. Mm-hmm. But, but the disparity's so great now; it's just unfair. Right. It's just unfair, uh, right. you know, for these uh, schools outside of these money-rich conferences to have to go sacrifice themselves in order to make money. I, I just, I find it terribly unfair. What do you say, Luke Johnson? I mean, here's the question: What does the NCAA do for these schools other than hand them a trophy at the end of the year? I mean, that's an honest question. Like, what does the NCAA actually do? Like, why do institutions need the NCAA? Many, many people have said that the NCAA needs the schools far more than the schools need the NCAA. Absolutely. I think that's right. Yeah. That, that's my point. They, they don't, what do they do? And, and, what, and what they don't do is they don't exercise their own rules they implement fairly across the board. And That's we've seen right. this with the, the transfer waivers. We've seen this with the portal. We've seen this with probation. It goes all the way back to when somebody on Bobby Collins' staff gave somebody's mom a cooked ham, and we got in trouble. You know, I well, mean, the same, it, the so, same, same, yeah. yeah more, and, uh, more, recent, more recently, the Donnie Tyndall situation. Um, Donnie Tyndall will even tell you, and he's going to be a, a guest on our show here in, in the coming weeks, uh, but, but he would even tell you that, that there are things going on in some of these bigger schools, namely, you know, North Carolina, that was – that had several people on tape talking about the, the illegalities that, that North Carolina was endorsing, and nothing ever became of it. Right. How about Tyndall's 30-win team that the NCAA didn't even invite to the, to the basketball term? Not even close. Not even close. I mean, my goodness. And do you think for one second that the University of, let's just say, Kentucky, Ohio State, Michigan – any of the big basketball powers would have taken the degree of punishment that Southern Miss had to suffer for the same violations. Does anyone no. believe that? No. No. It wouldn't happen. No. And, and that's, that's another reason why the NCAA has, has grown in disfavor uh, with a lot of the schools is because if, it's like if you're in the club, you're good. Right. But if you're not in the club, watch out. And isn't that what you're talking about, Luke? 
Yeah, I, I just I feel like you know you you had uh, one school in the SEC um, say here's what we did, or and and they got punished. Another school was like, nah, we're not we're not telling you what we what we did, and they got off. And it's just you know they they got slapped on the wrist. But, I mean, it is a proven fact, and, I mean, I'm a North Carolina basketball fan when it comes to March Madness, have been since age 10. But when you had tutors taking tests for students and nothing came out about that, right. I mean, come on. Right. And, and Luke, the incidents, the incidents of that particular instance that you used, you know, tutors taking tests for students, assistant coaches – making sure that they find students who will take tests for their players. It goes on in every single program in America. Right. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, and I, I, I think that they're probably right, that the recent NCAA trouble that Ole Miss had was really blown out of proportion in an effort to protect some of the other schools in the SEC that were doing the same thing. It was easier to sacrifice an Ole Miss than it was to see a Georgia or an Alabama face the punishment. And I find that hard to disagree with, guys. And when you're competing for what they call five-star athletes, there's probably no competition any more fierce than to get that top-tier athlete. And you can't tell me that something more doesn't go on than just please come to our school. How did you stand the pressure, Kelly, when they were all fighting over you back at Iowa State? I mean, was it difficult? Was it hard to cope with? Bob, you have no idea. I'm sure. I'm sure. Just and, and very now, stressful. And now the the life of a middle aged sex symbol is not all it's cracked up to be either. <laughs> and this is why I have to have the moat around the house. I understand. I understand. And the guard. I just, I just yeah. had a question. You know, you talked about you did all that public PA work. I didn't know if they asked you to do it again. I just didn't know if that was a one time request and the service was rendered and you never got the call back. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, I get to do that, but it's but it's interesting to me. It's the look that you get on people's face when you go, "Would you please pronounce your name for me?" And they'll look at you like I'm an idiot, which you know, to a degree, I am. But I mean, I want to get it right, you know, because I, I want them to be happy with you know. Right. I mean, well, if you can't get that right, their name. You can't get anything else right, in my opinion. Not to mention the looks on our listeners' faces when you just described yourself as a sex symbol, but that would be a topic for another segment, I suppose. God cast me in the role, Bob. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Friday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. You can go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com, find their entire inventory, pick you out some cars to uh, test drive, and then go see them on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with their with your new vehicle purchase. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also tell you about DBAT and D1 Training. Great new facilities in the Hub City. DBAT is a softball and baseball academy. It's on the left and on the right is D1 Training. Great indoor facilities. You can get in excellent shape and uh, you can uh, be a symbol like Kelly Center. Anyway, D1 and D-Bat, proud sponsors of the Eagle Well, let me interject Luke, Bob, real continue quick, Continue with Kelly. Let me interject real quick about that. The manager of D1 is actually going to be on the show Friday afternoon, 
and he's going to formulate a 90-day fitness plan just for you, Kelly, and we're going to unveil it Friday afternoon. Well, unfortunately, Bob, I am part of the federal government's fitness protection program. Fitness protection program. So I can't participate. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'll let him know. I'll still let him come on the show. But I'll, I'll do it. Know. I'll okay. do it. Get him to formulate right. for me. I'll, I'll do it. All right. All right, a couple of news and notes. Southern Miss Volleyball, although the regular season has been pushed to the spring, uh, they will compete in a couple fall matches. Uh, this coming, or actually a week from Saturday, October 24th, taking on LaTeX and UAB. It will be uh, some closed matches, but an opportunity for uh, Coach Radecki's crew to get some real games in so uh, get ready for some Southern Miss volleyball coming up men's golf and women's golf complete two tournaments junior Bryce Wilkinson shot a final round 69 Southern Miss finished fifth at the intercollegiate in the Grove uh, hosted by Middle Tennessee and then Lady Eagles uh, finish up improve at the Lady Red Wolves Classic Um, they shot a 298 everybody shot their lowest score of the week yesterday so uh, Lady Eagles finished 12th in that tournament. College football tonight, guys. Uh, pretty cool. Midweek, Coastal Carolina at uh, 21st Louisiana. We call them, still call them Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. This should be a really good game. I'm not sure if you guys have watched Coastal Carolina play, but they play fast and uh, with a lot of energy. And, of course, Billy Napier really seeing his program blossom um, down in the bayou. But that should be a good one tonight. It's on ESPN at 630 Central. Yeah, I'm yeah, get- Go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're really getting to see the Sun Belt put its best foot forward because they'll be featured tonight uh, on national TV on ESPN. And then tomorrow night, Georgia State and Arkansas State, you know, a couple of other Sun Belt teams are, gonna, are going to take center stage. So this is a chance for that conference to really put its uh, you know, best foot forward. And I think it's – I really like the idea of having one game. I know there would be some people say, oh, enough football. But particularly this year, in the era of COVID with so many games being canceled, I like the idea of having maybe one game every night, at least one. You realize – you realize this week we've got football on every night of the week with the NFL game last night? We literally have football every night this week. And this game tonight particularly, this could be a preview of the championship game because these are the only two defeated undefeated teams in the conference. Coastal Carolina, 3-0 and in the east. Uh, Lafayette, 3-0 and in, in the west. So should be a really good game. I'm going to watch it. I believe yeah, I the you- head coach at Coastal Carolina, two guys, is formerly the head coach at Delta State University here in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken thinking about that and in the latest uh, massey ratings you guys unfortunately seven out of the bottom 10 seven out of the bottom 10 come from conference usa but uh, southern miss is ranked ahead of utep and we talked yesterday as we closed the show that we thought marshall was the best team in the league well according to the massey ratings they are by far but we thought that UAB was the second-best team in the league, and, of course, the Blazers could be. But according to the Massey ratings, FAU is the number nah. two-best team in Conference USA. I find that hard nah. to believe as How well. How can you but... even know? They've only played one game. <laughs> good, good point, Bob. But there are yeah. some schools in there that still haven't played any games. Yeah. Where'd Rice, Where'd Rice come in? Rice hasn't played a game. And Rice, unfortunately, is in one of those – bottom seven spots but the bottom spot belongs to umass hmm. so we can say proudly that a conference usa team does not bring up the absolute they, they opted out though so they really don't count right so are you going to tell uh, us where usm ranked they ranked ahead of utep 
That's all you're going to say. Is that right? Okay. Something tells me that's not a good sign. <laughs> they ranked ahead of UTEP, Bob, and that's the next opponent. Okay. Well, I guess we'll battle that one out come Saturday night, huh? <laughs> that's right. Did you find that on UTEP social media center? Is that where you've been doing all morning? You know, you're, you guys were talking about John Teicher, and I remember one time I interviewed John, again, trying to get the names right. I said, are you any relation to the uh, piano duo of the 1950s, Ferrante and Teicher? And he was amazed. He, he said, no, I'm not related to them, but that is how you pronounce my name. And how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, pretty old. He said, you're absolutely right. That is the way to pronounce it. But who would even know these days who Ferrante and Teicher were? Considering that that interview took place 25 years ago, you really are old, Kelly Center. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. But glad to still be kicking, though. There we go. He'll be kicking again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That's when we'll be back. We hope you will, too. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.